Welcome to episode 71 of the Talk Nintendo podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Casey Gibson, and joining me tonight, as always, the one, the only, Perry Burkham. Hey, Casey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm fantastic. Then that's all we get, need to know. <laughs> I was going to say, also, we are honored to be joined from the guys over at Polynight Games who brought you Inner Space, Chris Miller and Tyler Tomaseski. Hey. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for having us. What's good? <laughs> yeah, uh, so Chris, what is your role at Poly Night? So I, I do um, all music, sound, pretty much all audio for um, for Interspace and for the studio. The audio guy. So you did all the music? Yes, yes. Nice, nice. And then Tyler, what is your role? I am the programmer, but I'm also the director. All right. Also, wow. he's he's a little bit he does a little bit of everything, honestly. Yeah, a lot, I'm also a lot, just, of, di- yeah. A lot of different hats. Yeah, that's, that's all all trades. So. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so you guys made Inner Space. It's this really cool uh, uh, flight game for the Switch that came out a few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, been, uh, January sixteenth was when January it originally 16th. came out. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, man, it seems like forever ago, but it's really not that long ago, actually. <laughs> I know, it's, uh, it's only like four, 15, 14 days. Yeah, that's, in, that's insane, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but I was thinking before we before we uh, get into that, uh, we wanted to talk about what you guys have been playing. You know, obviously as game developers, you're sitting there on the computer 23 hours a day trying to get your game out, but for the other hour, uh, <laughs> what are you guys playing? Sure. So my okay. So I, I originally. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of Rich Vreeland or Disaster Piece. So I I've been told for the longest time um, that I should play Fez, which I never actually have. I I listened to the soundtrack probably like a hundred times, but I'd never actually played the game. So I just recently um, started actually playing it, and it's it's great. It's it's definitely. I can understand why people have told me to play it, mainly just because of the. Um, the way music is used in the game as ambience and how it feels like a part of the world and whatnot. Sure, so I think sure. that's that's pretty much been um, what I've been playing. I, I just start. I, I'm a huge uh, Lena Rain fan as well. So I I just picked up uh, Celeste and I've, I've I've literally just played that. Um, I'm not very far in. I'm, I'm literally probably only 15 minutes or so into the game. Um, but you probably it's, already it's died you, 25 times then. I, I, it's been more than that. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm not good at uh, platformers by by default anyway. So oh, okay. it, it's def- it's definitely taken um, quite a learning curve for me to for me to actually learn the controls and stuff. Um, but sound and music wise, it's gorgeous. So I. I oh I, yeah. I've loved every second of it so far. I, I particularly like um, one of the biggest. Well, I, I'm not going to go on too long about this, but one of the biggest things i think one of the biggest hurdles we had for interspace was the um the dialogue audio and um that was one thing they do really really well in mm-hmm. that game is is the the way they pitch kind of the um the i guess it's like a simulated vocals the way they pitch it sounds really really good oh, for cool. the the dialogue audio I, I don't know if you guys have played any of it yet yep. um yeah, and they play. Uh, they do it really well with the mood of you know the situation too, where if she's like sort of timid, it gets like really high and almost mousy, you know. And yeah. Yeah, it, it, I really like how they have uh, yeah, used that. 
it's good at adding it adds a good amount of levity at least early on from like the the old woman character that you meet in the beginning um and, and stuff it, it's good at adding kind of a, a levity i think to the to the overall feel of the game um so yeah that's pretty much what i've been doing um as a, yep. as as we've said not not a whole lot of time to play but uh <laughs> yep. making time for it when we can so totally and yeah it's funny you mentioned the dialogue uh that's, and we'll get into this too, but that's actually like one of my favorite songs or, you know, ditties from Inner Space is when you're talking to the archaeologist. Mm. I love that little, uh, you know, it, it's funny. We, we, we had a, uh, I've had a few people comment, um, which also that this, this could get edited out, but um, I tried to find, I actually tried to find you on SoundCloud. Do you have a SoundCloud? Mm-hmm. You do okay. Yeah, I'll I'll find you. I, I think I searched your name and I couldn't find you, but I'll I'll find you. Um, but I actually had someone comment on one of those, and they said that this would make a heck of a ringtone. And I've actually had multiple. <laughs> I've had multiple people oh, say there you that. Go. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's just a it's just a dorky thing that I kind of get. I you know I kind of geeked out about when I saw it. Um, but I thought that was, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty, pretty funny. It would so. be. Yeah, you're right. That's that good. And and you know who the best dialogue uh audio ever is from animal crossing absolutely <laughs> yes. I tell you what, I mean, tyler would agree with that yeah so that sort of has that vibe a little bit to it you know not not quite as profound but where yeah. it just says the names of the letters really really fast <laughs> as they're talking yeah i, I will i have to good. i have to throw in banjo kazooie into that like, yeah. contest yeah. though for like just all-time dialogue noises like oh which is actually totally. what which is actually what uh, the Celesti, is it Celesti? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I've been, Celeste. Yeah, I was Okay, I, I assumed it was Celeste. Okay, yeah. Um, that's kind of what the dialogue reminded me of a little bit, but it was a little, um, I, I don't know. It was a little more, yeah, it was a little synthy, more synthy sounding. It's a little hard to explain, but sure, sure. I love how hearing the uniform. opinions of, of, of the sound designer of what he thinks about <laughs> the games. Yeah, I was gonna what, say, like, being a sound designer. Like, how oh, yeah, important that, yeah. is that in, like, any given game that you play? Is that, I mean, I'm assuming that's just where your mind sort of gravitates first, probably, right? Is that, really yeah, it, exactly, which is which is part of the reason why, and, and the way that it works for me is, um, instead of really geeking out about the music, it, it's more about the overall ambience. Like, I, one of my, I mean, one of my biggest, um, influences is unfinished swan and i i pretty much like i could just walk around that game listening to the ambience and just even just listening to like like i i even geek out about like the footsteps and stuff it, it's really <laughs> an interesting either the footsteps or the sound when you like throw the little paint balls and um oh uh, yeah i mean just the the overall i mean that we can get more into that later but sure just, yeah just yeah there's there's definitely a um an enthusiasm which when I was talking about Celeste, I was originally going to open up with like, oh, those little, those, <laughs> those little, um, spring, those little like wooden spring things that you jump on. Those have such a cool sound. I love that sound, blah, blah, blah. But I, I figured that was a little more niche than talking <laughs> about the dialogue. So, uh, I thought, I thought I, I, so I thought I'd lead with talking about, with geeking out about the dialogue instead of little, uh, contact, uh, spring platform sounds. So you could, uh, ease us into the real nerdy talk, you know, that that's right. Go. That's right. I didn't want, I didn't want to take up too much time on your podcast <laughs> talking up, talking about springs and, uh, platforms. So, <laughs> Oh uh, well, it, usually we're talking about how Pepsi is so awful and Coke is way better. Oh sure. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, that <laughs> Casey loves Pepsi, 
and we all. I tell you we what, all, uh, I've gotten okay. more response from Pepsi lovers out there than you've gotten from any Coke lovers. So. Well, it's just like I mean, obviously, I mean, we're it's just in, kind of like Sonic fans reaching well, out saying, the, "No, we're, oh, we're I love Sonic." Important here, though, where's where does Dr Pepper land in this? Ooh, Ooh I love Dr Pepper. Dr Pepper is like a nice. You know, everyone's friend. You know, family friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think no one no one throws Dr Pepper into the fight between between well, Pepsi and Coke. It's well, I love my spicy cherry soda. Yeah, well, I think part of it is that like you know we're we're in Texas and like to the south at least Dr Pepper is like fighting words. You know, like you just don't you don't step on Dr. <laughs> oh Pepper. really? Yeah, you just don't you don't step to it, man. It's you just don't. It's yeah. It, it's our drink. You know, like it, well, it's, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Dr Pepper. I don't think I've ever craved a Dr. Pepper in my life, but every oh, time man, I do I, have I them, they are good. And McDonald's, know? Diet Dr. Pepper. Absolutely. Oh, see, that that's the funny yep. thing is that no doc, doc, Dr. Pepper is always the one that I hear people crave, like people crave that the most. Oh, then it's again, that then cherry again, taste. Then oh, again, I, I, we're all surrounded by Southerners that also crave Whataburger. So, I yep. mean, we're, you know, we're... <laughs> Um, we're, we may not be around the best audience in that regard, but uh... <laughs> hey, Whataburger is great. It's just it just wrecks you. It just wrecks oh yeah, you. I I am by no means hating on Whataburger. I I just I I, I will say I have had that and I've had In and Out in my day and I've had In and Out maybe twice and I didn't particularly understand what the hype was about. <laughs> let's not let's not let's not throw our game into the In and Out versus Whataburger. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're okay, talking well, about video yeah, games. Let's not let's yeah, not okay. Let's, yeah, let's not. Let's, let's, let's not get too much. We don't have either of those places up in New York, so no, no. or in Iowa over here. So what do you mean? Uh, sometimes, if you guys are ever southbound, you should you should give Whataburger a try. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty I've always good. wanted to try Taco Bueno. Oh yeah, Taco Bueno. Taco Bueno, I would say, is the best out of all the the southern. No, uh, don't no, don't go there. We don't need to. Wait, let's not uh, okay. let's, let's not start, start Tex-Mex Holy like Holy Land Wars here. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. I think this is, this is this is something people very strong like feel Dude. very strongly about. So I'm not going to go okay. into too much detail. We're going to gotcha. rebrand the topic of the show to fast food <laughs> arguments. No, you, oh, no that, you, you give us you give us any subject, and Chris and I will be on topic for the next hour. But yeah, no, yeah, we, we, no, we'll we'll talk, we'll blab, we'll blab about it. So, well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about what Tyler's playing. I, I hear you've been playing uh, a certain meme game meme, meme uh, game what i mean you know it's, <laughs> that's it's selling the, it short perry i i hear you've been saying uh, you've been playing the dark souls of games the dark souls of dark souls um i am a huge absolutely just huge dark souls fan so dark souls remastered just got oh. announced for switch as you guys know yeah no Heck yeah. I'm, not, I'm not playing dark souls for the first time i'm playing dark souls for that i've lost count time um Gotcha. No, I, I'm absolutely going through my... So you're my, one of these people. Yeah, no, I'm going through my Xbox, my PS3, and my PC versions to decide which characters I'm going to, like, make first on the Switch. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. And you hear it's going to run at a better resolution and frame rate and stuff, too. I, uh, you know, I've been playing it on PC for a while, so... Well, like, okay, like, yeah. yeah l- luckily, so, but, yeah. but, you know, absolutely, no. Like, God has answered my prayers. I'm getting a portable <laughs> version of Dark Souls 1. Like, uh, How sweet is that? Uh, oh, we amazing. haven't played it at all, so we're super oh. stoked. Yeah, I'm uh, beyond stoked. I mean, you guys are 3D Zelda fans, right? Like, yeah, like, oh, for sure. Yeah, like, like it's 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 the grown up version of like you know Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Like, <laughs> like, like that's why I love it so much. But that and it then, is. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I didn't I didn't realize it was it played like a Zelda. Yeah, it's a it's a 3D like lock on like you know like lock on like shield up like yeah. w- wait for the openings like 
action game. Like it's, it's the combat's just cool. probably not as fast as a Zelda game, but it can be when you, you know, I was going to say, I guess if you're using like a big sword, right. is generally oh, super yeah. slow. Yeah. And yeah, I've played bloodborne before. So it's like, I have an idea, but from what I gather, dark souls is much more uh, unforgiving. It's, it's, it's much slower. It's, it's much more, uh, uh in your head, you know, it's, 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 you kind of got to play the game its way, but it's all more diverse. You know, Bloodborne has a way to play the game and you have to start playing the game, the game's way, or it will punish you. Dark Souls, you know, you can be a magician, you can do faith builds, you can do dexterity, strength, and there's all kinds of crossovers of sword mages and all that kind of stuff. And, oh gosh, yeah, like. Be, be excited. This is like the biggest news for Nintendo in my book. Like, uh, other than my game, my game's the biggest news Heck for yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> when, when, we, when, when, we, when, we, when we heard about it coming to the Switch, we pretty much came to terms with the fact that we were never going to have Tyler's full attention ever again. <laughs> He's yeah, a lost like, cause. You, you always knew if he was away from the computer, you, you could have some of it. That, that's right. We, yeah, we, too, so. yeah, we have no chance now. There's no way. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, at least you you understand that. I mean, beforehand, and you know, it's taken some time. We we come to terms with it. We we take it's taken some time, but we're uh, <laughs> yeah, it was quite a quite a realization. So nice. Well, let's get into talking about your game, Inner Space. Uh, I, I, I I have described it on our show before, and you know I'm sure that you guys I don't know this is like my hot take. It's kind of like uh, I described it as pilot wings wrapped with Zelda, um, and and I know that might be sound kind of weird coming from you guys. No, I think that's great. To me, it's I mean uh, it's a very uh, organic, open, uh, open in, in in the same time invertedly open game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it, because it's, it's, it's wrapped in a sphere. You know, it's like you're not, you're not on the outside of, of a sphere. You're on the inside. Uh, but anyway, well, I want you guys to explain to everyone else what this game is. Uh, can I take that one, Chris? Go for it. Yeah. So, Inner Space is a open world but inverted world uh, exploration game uh, where you take. Uh, the role of the cartographer. You're a really durable uh, plane that can uh, uh, run into walls, smash through destructible objects. Uh, we wanted to create a very like tactile, smashing into stuff, just trying stuff out, uh, ex- exploration game where you just get to kind of do whatever you want to do in this space. Um, it takes place inside of these inverted planets. So if you kind of imagine a planet inside out to where instead of standing on top of the earth, you're standing on the inside of the earth, it's kind of a fishbowl snow globe kind of situation. Yes. Uh, where gravity is pulling outwards, um, which is actually where we really started with the game. Is we, we really wanted to create the space and the setting, um, and we're a very like art centric studio with a, we have, uh, as many we have actually more artists than we have programmers. Uh, so it's just that's kind of really our focus is just this pretty gorgeous space um, and sound a lot too. We just like we're really excited to make something that was very unique and of its own, like soundscape wise. But uh, yeah, just, mm-hmm. just juicy. Which it's also worth noting. There's th- there's only seven of us, which is also worth noting. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, and and over half, and a good half, uh, over half is artists. So, um, yes. yeah, I mean, so so when did this project start? Oh gosh, uh, three years ago. Oh man, lifetime ago. ago. Yeah. Um, so it's we were different men then. <laughs> yeah. All of us, man. 
Um, yeah, so uh, we started, uh, most of us knew each other from college, uh, and we were all kind of graduating and deciding what we wanted to do with our lives. Uh, but um, a few of us had worked on projects before, um, before Interspace. Most of us had made at least two games together, um, but some of us had made upwards of like four or six. Um, just smaller, you know, little like kind of game yeah. jam, like three month projects at highest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we decided that we wanted to start an indie studio that, um, you know, being able to pursue our own goals was, and you know, three years ago we were talking about if we wanted to make something for the Wii U or not, you know? Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So very you dodged a bullet yeah, yeah, I was going to say, good move. <laughs> <laughs> Your word's not mine. Um, hey, uh, we love the Wii U here. I, I love, love it. Pod. I love See, it too. We, we pride ourselves. We started in the Wii U era before people got back on board the switch. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, we love Wii U. Anyway, um, yeah. continue. Yeah, actually, I mean, one of the game ideas we were even considering were just, it was actually a game developed w- that would have been exclusively for the Wii U. But, um, uh, we, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, was a, it was something we'd made a version of uh, where uh, originally the game ran on a PC computer and an Android tablet. Um, and we thought, like, a two player game that's on a tablet and on a PC, like, that we're talking Wii U. Um, but you know, I, I think we looked at the the console lifespan. We're like, oh, by the time we finish the game, that we like something new will be around right. the corner. So mm-hmm. you know, ah, oh, what a shame because that would have been really cool. Not yeah. to mention, this was also like this was a uh, this was when we were still in school too, right? So this was when we did we were we, doing a class at UT Dallas. Yeah, we didn't even know if we'd be able to get a dev kit, and you know, we've been working for the last three years, and we you know we only got dev kits a year ago. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. but yeah. um, yeah. So you know, it started out of college. Uh, or right as we were leaving, um, and uh, you know, we, we kind of started running our Kickstarter as just a couple of us were taking our finals actually for our last semester. But um, yeah, so uh, uh, we kind of did that. Worked out of our bedrooms at one point. I think I had five of us in my bedroom, so people would just wake me up and start working on their desktops oh, next man. to me. It's, uh, it's about as about as humble about as humble as you can think of. <laughs> like we we would have we would have. Um, meetings every other week we would have sprint meetings uh literally at tyler's house in his bedroom and um that that went on for what a good year two years even longer two oh, years two yeah. years Dang. yeah wow yeah. went on for a long time yeah. yeah most of us were doing it as kind of a side project on all of our spare time while working day jobs but um for the last year yeah. uh you know uh, we uh, teamed up with our publisher aspire and we were able to bring on two additional members we were five people throughout that and Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're seven, and we were able to get our dev kits, go full time, uh, able to add Switch support, PlayStation, Xbox support. Uh, Switch has been, I think, the most fun though. I mean, and that's not even me pandering here. Just I love the Switch; it's fun, and it, it's well, duh, it's the best console. <laughs> I mean, we all know it. It's okay. <laughs> but um, it's not you know, pandering if it's true. Yeah, I think our, net, our network. I think our network programmer would agree. Yeah, <laughs> as a really in a really dry, boring programming way, it was really fun to port for. Uh, in an optimization way, it wasn't as fun, but it was much more approachable. Um, but uh, yeah, so this this last year has been a lot of you know getting switch uh, up to snuff and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's I think it's that's mostly talking about like the way we developed, but. Uh, Interspace starts as like as we were leaving college with this weird idea of an inverted planet, and it wasn't even a flying game at first. We're like, should it be in a boat? Should it be like Wind Waker? Should it be flying? We're like, well, we're an inverted planet. Right. We're inverted planets. Like, you wouldn't be in the air. You know, this is like a like a air game. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of water as well. There is, yeah. I mean, you know, and you get to go underwater too. You know, so you're also like a submarine ship, like 
plane. <laughs> well, well, well. Said, well said. Yeah. I, I, I think there, there's the the physics part of it was also something that at least I know from Tyler's that he had put a lot of thought into it early on with the the gravity essentially moving out from the core of the inverted planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's its origin was actually me trying to make a 2D Super Mario Galaxy, and then I messed it up and made the planets inside out, and I was like, oh, oh. hey, that's a game. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I was going to totally. say, especially with these very like uh, stylized games, it's always intriguing to me what came first. You know, was mm. it that idea of this beautiful world that you know goes hand in hand with the music, or is it like, and then you sort of find what the game will be out of that? But it sort of sounds like maybe it was more just that. All right, working your way into the middle, and then sort of the aesthetic and everything sort of came out af- afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It was really. Oh, go, um, go it was really trying to figure out what visual style would sell this space um you know we worked a lot with gradients of trying to sell height and space uh you know one tough thing that um you really take for granted is because uh in our some of our early, earliest prototypes um like so you know so at first you know we had the idea of this inverted planet um and the game kind of grew out of that and a lot of it was like all right we tried this simulator more like like sim heavy flying game and then like it was like oh this is really nauseating like you have to always know which way is down this is really confusing. So then I tried a crimson, right. and then I tried like a crimson skies variant on the input, and that's kind of what we wound up with. Um, Pilot wings is, a, oh, is okay. a, yeah. Pilot wings and crimson skies were kind of our two big references. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, that was like, oh, cool. Like you can just ignore which direction is down. It kind of doesn't matter. Like at this point, you're in this cool space, but you're not beholden to it. You kind of just get to do whatever you want. And if you eventually understand it, it's right. okay. And if you never understand it, then whatever. Um, uh, it, Exactly. That's a great way to put it. I mean, when we like when I was playing through it, um, you know, I I didn't even really know the whole inverted, you know, obviously I should have known like inner space, like, you know, not outer space, but inner space and (laughs) and, inside of a sphere and stuff. But it's just like flying around. It's like, where is the sky? Like, like, you know, it's like I just keep flying and it's only land. Where am I? You know, like uh, and then like, you know, where's the map? Yeah. Where, what am I supposed to do? It, we, you know, like I, yeah. I need to be guided. And then after a while, it's like, wait a second, I see what they're up to here. They want me to do stuff on my own. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> yes. It's, it's really interesting because actually, for a long time, we actually had a map in the game, um, but we realized in the game where like, you know, like a map's a two-dimensional representation of a three D space, and it allows you to like look at things that you can't physically see. But inside of these inverted planets, you can see everything. You can see the opposite side of the planet. It's right above you. And right. with that kind of setting, like any kind of map was kind of pointless because it's just there. You can just see it. So why would you need a map? Um, so it was one of those just like no matter how much we would try to like guide players, it's like it, it just there's no way to do it. it. It was just very just like you can, yeah. you can go anywhere. You can we can't stop somebody from going somewhere. It's right above them. Like like and and adding on to that point, I just remember we 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 toyed around. I, I just remember we had some early concept ideas for a map where it was like so. I, I mean, if you, so, if you're flying around inside a 3D world, we had. I remember we had this concept. I don't know, remember who came up with it, but it was like so. You, you know when you see, um, have you ever seen those 2D? kind of representations of what a like an unwrapped globe you know you know what i'm yeah, talking about yeah, it's, it's yeah, hard yeah, it's yeah. hard to explain but it kind of shows them all in like it's connected but it's a bunch of like um yes yeah, it looks, I, yeah. I can't i can't even describe i can't even describe what i'm trying to say you guys know what i'm talking about yes for sure yeah 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 it's not like a perfect square no exactly ex- ex- no exactly yeah 
Um, and I remember we had kind of a concept for that, and we kind of realized that was even more confusing than just having the player <laughs> flying around in the inverted planet to begin with anyway. Right, uh, right. So that that was kind of a, a kind of a jumping off point, I think. Were you guys nervous not putting a map in there that it might be a little bit too obtuse for a certain kind of gamer, you know, that someone's that isn't willing to really put in the time to just sort of figure it out? I think I think ultimately that's something that like even now, like in the in the patch that we're working on, um, like I mean, it's got frame rate optimizations and a bunch of stuff, but um, yeah, like I, I think it's a it's it's something that we're always nervous about, and it's something that we knew would be a challenge for the game, and we just from day one we're fighting against. Um, and even to this day, it's some people still get lost and some people get confused. Um, I think part of it too is it's such a like chill, pretty looking game that sometimes you just want to turn your brain off, and then sometimes you realize like, oh, I yeah, yeah. I found that happening to me. Like I I kind of described it in my review. It's like almost hypnotic. Like it's it's. Uh... In a, Easy you know, to lose yourself. It, it's just, yeah, yeah exactly. I, exactly. I think uh, I think a common a common word that we heard because I remember when we we showed this game, um, we showed it at PAX South I think two years ago, and we had a good like maybe a, a couple a few of the worlds put together. And I, one of the common words that we heard a lot was th- therapeutic. Was yes. how, how people would describe it. The experience of it was therapeutic, which I thought was a, a very cool. Um, I think that I think that was an awesome way to just. I mean, I would love to hear that. I think that's a great way to describe it. Um, oh yeah, badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I I really want to talk about the ambience of the whole game, and I know we've been we've been talking about that, but really that is to me the strongest uh, uh, thing of, of the game that really caught my. Uh, attention and I'm sure most people's attentions is that I don't know like you know especially uh, with Chris here you know who is the sound designer with ambience I mean and he's already talking about how he obviously has a passion for <laughs> for, for, for the ambience now uh, like even just kind of just sitting there and talking to the archaeologist um, I love that the uh, the sound of him talking and then just even the writing goes perfect with it as well but um i mean what was your inspiration like for everything in the sound design so this is kind of okay so the this is where i think the process was what pay what uh played a big part in in it overall was originally um way back when 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 i had started working on the sound for the game we we had a tendency to go at least for the planes and crashing, you know, crashing the plane and all that stuff. We, we had a tendency to make things sound more realistic, which is kind of, um, I think just where your brain goes to, to begin with is like, well, I have a, I have a real world, um, you know, I, I've heard sounds like this throughout my whole life. So, you know, I know what metal hitting metal sounds. I know it sounds like, I know what metal hitting rock sounds like. So, Originally, I was like, well, I'm just going to do a bunch of recording and I'm going to have these planes, you know, they're going to sound like metal. Um, it's going to sound like mechanisms and then they're going to hit things and it's going to sound like metal hitting this. And then it was kind of as we continued to develop the game and it actually kind of started to grow in its stylized voice. That was when I kind of realized that the sound in itself, I think, needed to play in this musical world overall um kind of play in the musical world as well as alongside the music as as opposed to in contrast to it so instead of having like a soundtrack and music playing and then having 
realistic audio or realistic sound effects, I was kind of, that was kind of the jumping off point as to thinking like, well, where, um, how can we incorporate the audio of this world um, or the ambience and the sound effects and stuff? How can we incorporate that into the music, which I think was kind of the biggest, I think the biggest creative decision we made in terms of the audio. Um, and that was where a lot of the reference material came in handy, like Ho Hokum, where they use a lot of musical um, synth sound design and whatnot. Um, same with Unfinished Swan um, and Monument Valley. But the, the, main, the main thing originally when we started was we had to figure out what this world would sound like from a musical standpoint. So the music was actually the first thing that we had started developing, and it was very, very early on. It was like, um, oh man. It was like when I first talked to Tyler about working on this game, I think there was just some concept art pieces to work off of. And then that was actually, and that was three years ago, and that was actually when I, in the first iteration, I developed kind of the main overall theme of the of the music, which you can hear in the soundtrack, but not so much in the actual game, just because the music is more um, modular and it plays more of a of an ambient role as opposed to a melodic for the most part. Um, right. So you can kind of hear the overall, if you listen to the soundtrack all the way through, you can hear the theme play more, uh, but it, it's more used as a, as a motif in, in the game itself. And it's, it's a lot more subtle. Um, and that was kind of something that we'd also wanted as well was we wanted kind of a minimal, minimalist sound to the game just because we didn't want it to impose on the, uh, the visual experience and also the experience of playing it non non-linearly in that, you know, everybody's going to play it differently. Um, everybody's going to go through the world differently, exp explore it differently. So we just, we didn't want to have, you know, this sound kind of, you know, um, playing over or um, getting in the way, I suppose, is the best right. way to put it. Like a separate entity. Exactly. So that that was kind of the biggest, um, I think that was the biggest creative decision was kind of deciding, which we made that decision fairly late, was that we were going to try to incorporate all of the sound design in the overall musical ambience of the game. Um, because, and, and I, this is, I, I, allow me to geek out for a minute here. So th this is, this is. Geek so, away. Okay. So one of, one of my big, one of my big all time influences is Joel Corlitz, who's done sound for, um, he's done sound for Hohokum. He's done, um, sound for Unfinished Swan, as well as a lot of other indie games. And I absolutely adore everything he's ever done. And, um, I think that was, he, he was kind of one of my big, um, references for coming up with sound for the game and one one of his quotes is that he when he's working on Hohokam one of the things that he says is that you're pretty much having to think about you know working with modular music tracks where you could you can basically have a track and you split it up into all the different instruments and you're like okay how can I use this one part um maybe as a motif or maybe as an ambience or maybe as a, a linear um a point in gameplay or you know um expressing that the player has done something you know of substance or whatnot right and so one thing he says is like you kind of think about it in terms of like well how does how does music work for like a space it's kind of like a a non-linear musical sound design i think is how he explained it which i think pretty much explains this whole thing um at least what i was going for i think that pretty much explains it perfectly um in that the there's musical themes that hopefully if someone plays it they kind of pick up on 
as they work their way through the story. But if you're just going through the world, you're not going to experience overall, like you're not going to experience linear progression in the music. It's used more as a, um, as a flourish for, uh, kind of making someone feel, you know, what that world would sound like basically. And if you go through each of the worlds, they all sound different. They're all in different keys, which was a creative decision we made, which is super subtle, but this is kind of getting more into the geeky factor here where we pretty much decided that um, when everything was going to be more stylized, um, we made the decision to have all of the sound design within each of the worlds play within that musical key. So the um, if you, for example, go, I'm not going to go too much into the musical <laughs> terminology here, but mm-hmm. if you're playing in, for example, the main hub world, everything plays just in the key of C, which is happy-go-lucky, everything is... Um, you know, happy, stop and smell the roses, all that kind of stuff. And then when you get more to the ice world, um, it's actually in the key of B, which is a lot more sharp sounding. And all of the sound effects and sound design in that key or in that world is within that key. So does that even change like when, when you're flying the plane? Because even like, you know, as you turn with the right stick, you know, there's like this arpeggio almost of, or just, you know, the scale like going on. Does that change too, or? So that was actually a creative decision that we had made as well, where um, it, it was kind of this this toss up between what is the sound of the world itself, and then what is the sound of the plane. And I think we what we'd actually decided to do was as the world changed, the key or the musical um, motifs in the world and whatnot, those actually change, but the plane itself stays the same. So we have the same. Um, key for the piano Um, we have that playing the same throughout all of the worlds but then once you pick up other or other planes um, the depending on which plane it is the key the musical key for those are different so I kind of equated the um, Zephyr Spark is one with the ice world and the title horn is one with the crab world so each plane actually is equated with a different world and they're within that key but oh, when, cool but when yeah it's super subtle you probably right. would, you probably wouldn't even notice it if i hadn't have told you right <laughs> <laughs> but the the main thing was it was kind of this dichotomy between the music and sound of the world and then the music and sound of the plane where we wanted them to be together but we also wanted the plane to have its own identity which i know sounds super pretentious but it it it, it builds a good contrast when you um, are flying through the world in the piano plane and say you're in the ice world and you're breaking icicles or you're scraping and colliding on ice and those are actually digital um, those are made all with digital sounds so there's no actual um, acoustic recording of those sounds used it's all digital essentially simulations of what those would sound like using synthesizers mm. and then um, those are all within the, the musical key of that world so it adds a good contrast for um, you know, if you're flying the piano plane around and you're hitting stuff within that world, all of those sounds in reaction to the plane colliding or interacting with the world are going to be within that world's key. I, I don't know if any of that, I don't know if any That's of that great. made any sense. That's super, no, no, totally. super niche I, and super geeky, but it, it's no, super, super subtle too. It, it sounds like you guys are setting up to make a spinoff sequel. That's a rhythm game. <laughs> <laughs> the next thumper. We, we, <laughs> You, could I, you hear Ty, could you hear Tyler's excitement? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so my thing is like, like, like I love Patapon. I love so many. Like, I love rhythm games. I really do. But like, like in my own thing is that like, I, I would love to take a lot of the thoughtfulness that goes into music games and carry that into other genres. You know, Any, anytime you hear that, yeah. really, like, that kind of Proteus styled, like really mm-hmm. musically responsive world, and there's like this deep thought into audios and keys and whatever. But like, anytime that carries into um, games that normally don't have that kind of stuff and they just do it, you know, just as a like thing that they felt like Compliment. doing. Like, yeah, I just, I love that so much. And it, it, like, I think your comparison earlier yes. to like, have like, you guys played Thumper? Thumper. Yes. No, I don't think so. Oh, the violent rhythm to, game. <laughs> the violent rhythm game. You wait, wait, what did, what did you say? What did you say? What was the game? Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear you there. Thumper. Oh my god, I saw a video. I I watched a gameplay video for that. It is so Crazy good. Hard. I highly recommend it. It's it's on Switch too. I mean, so you can but I mean, it runs great on Switch, but uh It's a VR game. I think it's game even too. on PS. It's PSVR as oh. well. Oh my god. Yes. The, yes. No, I, okay. I played this. I didn't know that was its name, but I've played this on somebody else's Switch. It's amazing. Yeah, it's oh my really god. The, if you the can... sound design is fantastic in that oh, game. Oh yeah. my and, god, it's and then so like good. especially like with the HD rumble, which oh. also is really cool in there too. I know what I'm um, doing after the podcast, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um but yeah, I, I love that uh that idea about uh Tyler how, how you're saying, you know, taking the, the the spirit of rhythm games and putting them in other genres is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that really works really well with inner space and i'm glad we could get into the nitty-gritty of the ambience because yeah. i think it's obviously i think i mean for me that was the strongest point of the game mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know that stuck out the most so well thank um, you so much that means that means a lot coming from a, yeah. a fellow musician when i saw i saw your bio and i was like oh I, I i was like holy crap that's so awesome another another musician's geeking <laughs> out about you know geeking about the audio and stuff i thought that was super, yeah man super it's exciting. so good thank you yeah I mean everything. The game is great. Um, now I would love to, as we close out, uh, talk about the release. You know, I mean, obviously the release of the game for Switch and its, and uh, other consoles, and and the re- the reaction from people. What ha- I mean, because now you suddenly have the most amount of people that have played the game now. Uh, so how's that? How has that been? Yeah, it, it it's been really interesting to see everyone get into it. Um, it's been really, really heartening. It's been a little soul crushing at times. You know, this thing we've yes. been working on for three years just to see people either adore it, be a little confused, or rip it apart. You know. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's. Yep. Well, that's the internet. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the internet. That's you know? how how it goes with every. It's every it's creative It's vicious, but yeah. um, yeah, you know, it. it I, I think for the most part, we've been pretty happy. I think uh, some of the stuff that we've seen that people have gotten caught up on, we've got uh, fixed up in this patch that we were rolling out. We've even got some frame rate improvements for Switch, which is really good. That is, um, I'm so looking forward to that. That yes, sounds awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and uh, I think the big thing is that we always knew that this was going to be a really uh, odd game, and we've done our best to make it really approachable. Um, you know, and some stuff has remained really odd and remained really weird, and, and, you know, it's the kind of thing that requires, like, the old-school Nintendo Power approach of, like, like, what the hell do I do, you know? Like... Right, um, right. The schoolyard game where you, you got to talk yeah, to your friends recess. and yeah. figure out what's going on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it, it, it's um, but generally with with uh, reception, it's I think it's been pretty it's been pretty positive. We've had a lot of like '90s, a lot of like really positive reviews. Um, we've had some mixed ones, but uh, uh, generally, I think uh, the people that have gotten it have really loved it, and that's been like really awesome. And anyone that, for the most part, I think people that 
don't get it still really want to like it and it's still just short of a few things and uh you know yeah. hopefully with patches and uh, a few tweaks just based on you know community feedback that uh, hopefully that gets there for everyone you know yeah uh, i mean it's definitely i mean honestly like when it, playing it i knew this is not a game for every person oh, like i don't think every single person is gonna completely appreciate the game uh it definitely for me as a nintendo player as which i know that um, I don't know how really Nintendo-based your focus is with everything, but, um, you know, it really just, like, I was like, wow, like, I'm getting the feels that, like, I get, like, yeah. like from, like, Skyward Sword in uh, in uh, the uh, Ancient Cistern and, like, yeah. like and from Wind Waker's kept stuff, and I'm, I'm getting it in, and I was just like, I can't, like, it's it's amazing, like, the feeling of, of wonder and, and as, I, as I was exploring through, and, um it, but it's just one of those things where, yeah, like you said, it is a, it's an odd game, and uh, but it's beautiful, and uh, I it starts to make sense once you once you get your hands on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think w- right. wonder I, wonder's a good that's a good word to use. I think that was kind of something yeah. we've always tried to you know since it and, is all this pure exploration game is kind yeah. of the idea. And, and for um, me, for me personally, right. if if you if if a single person gets a Zelda vibe from it, I'm like yes, like absolutely. <laughs> Last three three years of my life were worth it. Uh, <laughs> no, really, because like it, it I, I so badly That's immediately what I felt. So I so badly wanted that like that moment when you like get the chest to become visible and it plays the the do 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 do. It's the little jingle yeah. and you're just like yeah. Like I just you know you know even that carries through Chris's work of like this kind of atmospheric, uh, chill droning environment yeah. that like only when you make progression or interact with stuff you get these like really strong and melodic like jingles and melodies that like really kind of like have this cool like yeah this cool right like, that that, that the, the zelda jingle you know that the chest the boss room door just all that you know it's it's the I, payoff I yeah. everything yeah, I love yeah which which that that was kind of the biggest that was the biggest thing that i didn't that i knew i that well that was that stems from the biggest thing that i knew i didn't want to do for the music for the game was i didn't want to just have mute like i didn't want to just have music looping like how you would hear in you know platformers and whatnot because i'm like well somebody's going to be flying around this world for potentially a really long time and i don't want them to be hearing the same music loop over and over again so that was why we kind of were like well you know let's have different elements play as you you know fly to fly around this certain area or you go underwater or you go deeper within the water different parts um fade in and fade out and whatnot as opposed to just hearing the same um the same kind of musical idea over and over and over again it's, yeah. it changes as you go through the world which yeah, is what we definitely. knew we wanted to do from the get-go yeah, and yeah it I helps make so. the world feel like larger too where you're being rewarded you know oh this is a new area it's a deeper you know change of pace you know to Sort of. Right. That was that was that was pretty much one of, one of the biggest things was like when we when you go underwater and we were like I was always like we want to have that fast arpeggiated thing playing because it's like you know when you first dive underwater you know there's like bubbles and whatnot I was I was like let's let's I was like let's simulate that with the music and have all this these fast arpeggiated things and then it's kind of like as you go deeper down into the water and into these caverns and stuff those fade out and then you hear these more long sustained lower synths as you go within the water and you kind of go deeper. And that was an idea that we we um, had we made very early on that we knew we wanted to keep in the game. So, yeah. but I think mm-hmm. I think it's just stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think you know for us to anyone for us to kind of strike that like mellow, uh, but then like music coming in as you explore new spaces. But like 
I, I think really just like I, I think you guys like to hear somebody else say it without me having like put the idea in their head of like oh yeah this is a weird Zelda game but also instead of using a sword and shield you're an airplane and also it's inside of inverted planets and it's really <laughs> it's kind of trippy and psychedelic like like <laughs> like that's an amazing game pitch to me and if anyone gets that vibe and like has those emotions at all I'm like sweet you know that's... see the 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 funniest thing for me was for me and I, I was too embarrassed to admit that i'd never played it but when we, we had a twitch streamer streaming the game live and there were multiple people and it was one of the first ones that i we were obsessively watching these things when the game was like first getting released where we would post right. it in our chat and we'd be like this person's streaming and then we would all like go on there and we'd all be like watching this person's stream oh heck yeah and, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and it like was it was obsessive man i'm telling you we were we were looking like every single streamer that we could find we were posting on there and we were going on there and one person did say it was actually multiple people they did say when they were playing through i think the hub world they were getting major fez vibes uh vibes from playing and i was too embarrassed to admit that i'd never actually played fez but i'd watched lots of rich Vreeland videos where he talks about the soundtrack and i've you know i know the soundtrack but i didn't actually i'd never actually listened to it in game which is what i'm doing now um and i can honestly say i'm i'm that is an awesome thing to hear i i was that was that probably made my made the whole thing for me when i heard that <laughs> that's that's awesome and it, it, it yeah and it's one of those things where you know when you're watching these twitch things it, it, you know as i said it was an obsessive at least for me, I, I can't speak for Tyler, but at least for me, especially when it was coming out and stuff, it was so obsessive that, you know, we, we all created at least people that didn't, well, actually, I think we all created new Reddit accounts as uh, developer Reddit accounts for Polynite Games because uh, we had an AMA for Interspace. And then we, we would go on Twitch and I created a developer account for that as well. And... Um, people would go on there and they'd be playing and I, I'd be freaking out. And I, you know, as you guys were talking about the encounter with the sunfish earlier um, mm -hmm. and, and not really knowing exactly what to do as you progress through the different stages. And I, I would, people would be playing and they, they'd be flying, they'd be going underwater and swimming around for like 15 minutes. And they're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And then, and you'd be like, you'd be on there and yeah, you'd be on there as a dev and you'd be, you know, you would go <laughs> I would I would jump in in the comments and be like, hey, Dev here, you need to do this. And they'd be like, over the speaker, they'd be like, thank you so much, Dev. I love you so much. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it was just a, it was so it was so funny. It was almost an addicting an addicting thing to watch people play it because, you know, a lot of the right. a lot of the Twitch streamers have like really super awesome communities. So a lot of the people commenting in the chats were like super nice and were super excited and were um actually making really good conversation and asking you know really awesome questions and stuff and it was really engaging um which was super cool i know eric and i would go who's our producer um we would go in a lot of those chat rooms and we would we would talk to people and stuff and it was it was a lot of fun so did you get valuable yeah. feedback through those like twitch streams and stuff for future patches or fixes you needed to do you know I think that was probably the biggest takeaway that we had, at least from what I saw, was watching somebody play the game live. You you see their frustrations live, and you see, you know, kind of what what they what people have a tendency to do because you know everybody explores it differently. But then one thing that we learned is that, you know, we've been looking at the game for so long that we kind of got complacent about. It, like it, we we had never I had never really seen at least for a long time seen someone play through the game 
so it's interesting watching yeah. how differently people play it and that's something that we've learned is yeah. that everybody plays it very differently <laughs> yeah and to see mm -hmm. and to see um you know someone that's entirely fresh that you know even like is like getting a press key and they like don't know that it's a game about inverted planets to see them like you know uh like have these like just amazing like oh like there's no sky or you know like the first time you break out of that tunnel out of the cave and you get that nice mm -hmm. reveal with the jingle and all that like to see people's fresh reactions to challenge to uh exploration to reveal to wonder to mystery and all that uh you know it's one of the things where we learn a lot about seeing people play the game for the first time and you know within your own yeah. circles you can only drag so many people to play your game for the first time that have not heard about it and to really see someone for you know better or for worse to to play it for the first time it, it was pretty it was addicting and it was terrifying at first and then it was addicting and then it was sometimes annoying and sometimes it was just a guilty pleasure and you know mo mm -hmm. i think most of us at some point had like three different twitch streams up and also we're doing work and you know it just to kind of I, I think also like really participate with the community like that um you know and i, I think we're still a small enough studio that like it's not unreasonable for us to try our best to like really engage with everyone um, and we can't, right. you know, but it uh, gives you a big boost too to just see people enjoying your game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's after this long trek, it's, it's, it, it is a big emotional boost to see somebody enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is. Yeah. It's also just as terrifying when you see someone that I, I don't know. One of the things that I've learned is I don't, I don't read YouTube comments or, <laughs> watch, no, or, yeah, no. or watch or watch YouTube reviews because I swear I, I watched a couple man and it, I mean there there's only like two that I saw but man I'm telling you some of some of those people are <laughs> um, they're not they're not exactly they're not exactly nice yeah <laughs> that, that's yeah, I, that, I don't know why it is those YouTube comments man that, I'm telling you that said though like um, we did an AMA uh, on launch day with uh, the Nintendo Switch subreddit they're great and like oh my gosh like like, like I, I can't say this about every community, but like Nintendo Switch people, and, and I think like you guys probably can really speak to this. Go ahead. Having like, we're listening. Like having like <laughs> run a podcast through like the dark days of the Wii U, you know, like like uh -huh. Nintendo people are like freaking hellbent on just like like a loving and appreciating every port and every you know morsel of video game, and like it, it's a really exactly it's a really positive community. Exactly. And, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys releasing this, you know, alongside all the other consoles, like it is. It is cool, you yeah, know. It is a win for the, for the Nintendo community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the questions were super technical. I was Dude. actually really surprised. I was really surprised when I when we were reading through the subreddit. There were yeah. a couple about sound, but overall, it was a lot of very technical uh, switch. You know, obviously switch related um, questions, which actually really yeah. surprised me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's Nintendo people really. I, I think they have a very high uh, gamer IQ. You know, I know it's kind of a crummy catchphrase, but like like. Uh, the amount of people asking really like astute and really like targeted questions at really specific things was like a lot of them. And it was a really engaging conversation to have with them. Um, but also like, I mean, honestly, like I'm pretty proud of like our port, like it's not perfect, but like at the same time, like we haven't made any content changes to the switch version. Like there's not a, like, you know, we're not, uh, uh, running like compressed, like more heavily compressed audio on our switch port, you know, sure, like, sure, like it's, yeah. it's, it's all there uh and like the only difference being like the resolution because uh most switch games you know run 720 on portable um uh like other than that like we kind of got to deliver the full game to switch i'm like pretty pretty damn proud of that so 
Heck yeah, man. It's it's amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, just to wrap things up, uh, you know, what uh, what's next for you guys? What uh, what I know you're you're doing the patch. Which when is that gonna be coming out? Or you know, when are you trying to so, find out? So yeah, so we've got that in Nintendo's hands right now. So that is wholeheartedly up to them. That that's been shipped oh, off. Okay. Yeah. So that's just one of those like when it goes live. Uh, that could be t- that could be tomorrow. It could be a week. <laughs> I from know. Now. Um, yeah, you know, that's but, crazy. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, uh, that's uh, not. I'm not trying to put pressure on anyone there. That's just legit. It's in the pipe, and it's you know it'll it'll drop when it, when it drops, uh, which hopefully is really gotcha. soon. Um, as far as uh, uh, like you know what we're working on next, um, that's something that we're we're still kind of soul searching on on a lot of ways. But I, I think we'll always kind of carry that uh, wonder and color and vibrance. And I don't know if we're going to make another exploration flying game and in inverting planets. Probably not. But. Uh, um, you know, hopefully we'll make something with the same kind of out there indie charm. Awesome. Yes. Well, which we're we're actually working on. I don't know if we're allowed to. No, talk about you can't this. not say, Chris, what we're working on. You cannot. Say no, that. no, no. I I was gonna say the the next patch that we had. It's the content patch. Or, yeah, yeah, well. yeah. So I mean, that, that's I don't, something I don't we're think we can talk as well. Yeah, I don't think we can talk too much about that. But we have a kind of quality of life patch that has some changes to gameplay and tuning and bug fixes. Um, we were hoping to put out another patch to add in some additional planes and some additional content for everyone for free. Ooh. Um, but uh, yeah, there's some uh, there's some audio uh, updates in there as well, uh, partially based off community feedback, partially based off of uh, just uh, you know overall. Um, you being obsessed. Be, with that's what I was going to say. Your obsession. Me being, <laughs> me, me being absolutely obsessive. Yes. Yes. Well said. Well said. Well said. But, um, no more yeah, audio right. patches, dang it! <laughs> <laughs> it's the fifth one. <laughs> this boy ain't right. Know, we're, we're gonna, we're, no, but I want to change the key of the ice world. We're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to reach that at, at some point where we just put it, put it all away, and let it all be. You know, so right, <laughs> totally. But Never. until that day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. Uh, want to thank you for coming on to the old podcast here. Yes, thank you um, so much. It was really fun to talk to you guys about this game. Yeah, dude, likewise. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much yeah, for having us. It's been a pleasure, man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and where... So now it's time to, to pimp out all of your wares. Uh, where, where can where can they find you and your game and everything? Uh, so you can find us at um, innerspacegame.com. Uh, we're on the eShop. We're on the PlayStation Network, we're on Xbox One, we're on Steam, literally anywhere that anyone's playing video games right now, just search Interspace and pick up our game. Uh, and uh, also drop us a line. Uh, we're pretty responsive on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the game, and uh, we're open to talk to anyone, you know. So, yeah. What are your guys' Twitter handles? <laughs> Chris, you get to say yours out loud. Do, oh, God, I do. I, <laughs> Unless you don't want to. You don't nope, have to. He's oh, got to. No, I have a super embarrassing one that, that was originally a joke from like from college like five, four, oh. four years ago, but it's it's at X Gucci Mac, which is X G U C C I M A C, and that's don't even ask. I, I don't even I don't even remember. It was a joke from a long time ago. Gu- um, X Gucci Mac. All right. <laughs> And uh, you can catch uh, we can catch our studio at Polynight Games, um, and you can catch me uh, at God Jamit. That's G O D J A M M I T. It's a dumb a, music. Right. It's a dumb music and there, joke. And there's an interspace. There's an interspace game Twitter as well, which is just yeah, yeah, interspace game. So, uh, all right, drop that one as well. Yeah, awesome, beautiful. 
Well, thanks again. Uh, once again, guys, we really appreciate you guys coming on to talk about inner space. And, of course, uh, the door's always open. So next time you guys got some news you want to talk about that next game, you uh, you know you got a Nintendo Absolutely. podcast to swing by. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank, thank you again so much for having us, guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll see you later. All righty. Talk to you later, guys. All right. Have later. a good one. Alrighty, we are back, and once again, we just want to thank Chris and Tyler for stopping by. Uh, really great dudes talking about inner space. But, enough of that inner space business. We uh, touched a little bit about what those guys were playing and what we've been uh, what we've been playing, but we didn't really get to talk to Perry, and you've been playing a pair of review games, haven't you? I have. I kind of snuck a couple in. It, I didn't, yeah. Uh, you sneaky devil. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were just talking inner space, and we're going to keep with the space theme, because I have been playing Space Dave! Yeah, uh, Space Dave! This is the sequel to... Whoa! Dave! To Inner Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just in his head. It's like terrible yeah. thoughts. He's like, yep, yep. a sad man. Yeah, poor Dave. Yep. Poor Dave. Well, yeah. Uh, so, if you don't know what Woe Dave is, it's this arcade game that plays like a fast-paced version of Mario Bros. Like the original Mario Bros. Uh, kind of a different take on that. I mean, it's you know, it looks different, but I mean, it's very similar. Uh, this new Dave is. Uh, Basically, like Space Invaders, mixed in with Bird and Beans. That's how I described it in my mm, review. Um, I like that. Yeah, uh, the way Space Invaders, there's a bunch of enemies. They all come in in, in waves, and they're in different, uh, you know, in different uh, shapes. And you'll attack them. Now, they will dive towards the ground, and if they hit a piece of ground, that that will turn into lava. Um, that's where the birds and yeah, beans wait. comes in. So, yeah, exactly. So then you have a jet booster that you can jump over the gaps. So it doesn't necessarily limit you like completely, like it does on bird and beans. Mm, okay, but yeah. uh, it still obviously gets harder. Just and, a speed uh, bump, if you will. Totally. And so the way you get it back is uh, once you defeat the enemy that fell. So once it, it falls to the ground and then it becomes a more powerful enemy. Once you defeat that enemy, it drops the skull and then you can throw that back on the earth and it will it won't completely heal. Actually, it takes two skulls to heal one completely. Uh to make it back to the normal ground. Uh but uh and that's basically it. I mean, and you're shooting them and you get upgrades like your your basic sh shoot 'em up upgrades like uh uh, you know, like a, a a drone a drone will come in and help. So you'll have two shootings going at once. Uh, you'll get a rapid blaster, you know, where you, you can shoot faster. Um, one of them is lava freeze, where all the lava that's on the ground will freeze so that you can actually walk on it. Um, and it'll be for a while. Um, and then it'll slowly, it'll, it, you'll see it start flashing and it'll turn back into lava. But uh, that's really useful if you're you know, especially if, if it, you're covered in lava. Um, but the best upgrade of all is the space block. 
Now in the um, in in uh, in Woe Dave, there's the Woe block, and now this is a, a parody of the Pow block, um, and uh, it worked basically the same way. Anything touching the ground, you throw the block, and it will kill everything. Pow. Uh, yeah, but it's Woe. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, yeah, and uh, in Space Dave, it's a space block, and it works differently because obviously nothing's touching space. the ground. Space. Yes, yeah, space. Um, when you throw the, when you throw the space block onto the ground, uh, it'll it'll explode and it'll send a, a wave up and like anything caught in that wave, any enemies will suddenly turn against. It will will come and aid you and become its own little gun. And so it's like you can capture like ten of them at once. Oh, and then and you become now like suddenly, a wrecking. Yeah, and it's like. <gasps> Oh my goodness! Like you just start exactly like just taking out waves and waves, just like no one's business. I mean, it kind of gets a little harder because the uh, the things they shoot out at you, uh, it like because there's you know they can they can hit the other enemies and, mm-hmm. and it won't do any damage, but if they hit you, it's still a one hit kill, um, and you get like three lives. So, uh, but oh, amazing feeling. So. You know, it's a high-score game. There are world leaderboards. Unfortunately, there's no friend leaderboards. Hmm, um, that's strange. Yeah, it is strange. Uh, I, I did email them, uh, and they said that they actually are uh, working on, on, on getting those in soon uh, to the Switch version, So, which would be awesome. Uh, because I, to me, that's the whole thing is I don't really care about other people. I care about if I've beaten my friend at the game. Yeah, so, I, was say, uh, I don't want to see how bad... I am behind the yeah. top scores. <laughs> yeah, the unobtainable. As yes- yeah, as of yesterday, though, I was um, still in the top 15. Uh, and I, I think we have a listener. Uh, oh, let me f- find his name real quick. Uh, who who, who, uh, who posted? Terrence. Yeah, um, Terrence was posting at, uh, at Choice Provisions. And, uh, uh, yeah, I saw I was up there. So I'm still, I'm still there. So you can still scroll down. But that's not going to last for a long time. There's going to be some Jimmy that's going to take over. Some Jimba. But I really, I did, I, I, I gave it a good score. I, I love the game. You got to know it's, it's, a, it's a simple arcade game. But it's, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very wacky and crazy and uh, a lot of fun. Perfect pickup and play. Looks great on the Switch. Uh, has a pretty weirdly overpowering rumble. <laughs> On uh, on the Joy Cons, kind of like uh, brings up memories of, of early Snake Pass launch. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can turn the rumble off if it bothers you. I mean, it's not like it was never like too crazy, but it's like kids. It's if you're a little playing jarring. This in school, yeah. playing this in school, you, the teacher's gonna tell you're you're doing something over there. So uh, you know what it is? It's yeah. when what normally gets me with the HD rumble is when like th- those rare times and. The game I'm going to be talking about is Celeste, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, I've been playing with the Joy-Cons detached because that D-pad. But, um, you know, when I put one down on the table and then I like, go to get a drink, but then I'm also sort of looking at my phone and all of a sudden it's like... And it makes you jump. You're like, Jesus! Yeah. On the glass table, yeah. you know? I'm like, oh my god. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the Joy-Con in Space Dave is... is uh, I, I'm sure they're going to fix it in a patch or something. It's not insanely crazy but it, it is legitimately like like 
this thing is trying, like, the switch is trying to escape my hands. <laughs> you know, so, uh, anyway, yeah, that's Space Dave. Uh, it's by Choice Provisions. Uh, and uh, we actually, next week, are going to have the director of the game on the show, uh, Lord Will and the Crick Don't Rise. Uh, so, uh, that'll be fun, and we can talk more about it then. But, uh, yeah, check out the game. They, you know, these are the same people that brought us to the Bit Trip games. Ooh, uh-huh. and we got Runner 3 coming out sometime this year, too. Yeah, baby. Physical. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Got to pre-order. Mm-hmm. So, I think I do. Got to pre-order that. But, as you had mentioned before, Casey, you've been, ta- you've been playing Celeste. I sure have. Now, this game right Man, here... Man, I want to hear about this game. Well, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. All right, next up we yeah. have... Because I've been playing Radiant Historia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Celeste. Okay, so now this was a game um, that we saw earlier on. I Was it the Nindy's Summer Spotlight or whatever it was? one of those Nintendo, yeah, whatever it was. It was some sort of Nintendo showcase thing. Yeah, and, and I totally missed, like, I totally missed it. It went under my radar. You know, maybe it was one of those right. quick shots you know where you yeah, don't really like, know okay, what game it is you know game. looks cool yeah um but yeah but during the most recent um mini direct when they sort of showed this one in uh fay off or fee uh, fe fia um though both those games jumped off the page at me so this one mm-hmm. like you said beautiful pixel art and it is a platformer uh with the sort of like hey this is a really really difficult platformer uh sort of like your slime sons and your meat boys of the world um, mm-hmm. You know, where they're purposely ramping up the difficulty to, you know, to the point where you're going to die often and it's just going to be one of those, okay, like you sort of have to beat your head against the wall at some points, you know, till you sort of, oh, okay, I, I, I know what I need to do, but now I need to execute that. So mm-hmm. now um, what tools you have in uh, your arsenal are, uh, obviously you got to jump. Um, you can grab onto walls by hitting the uh, R button and like that, so sort of like um i guess gargoyles hmm. quest right where you could latch onto a wall but what's nice yeah. is you can actually move up and down so you can jump onto a wall and then climb to the top of it if you wouldn't be able to reach it with a normal jump hmm. there's okay. also a dash uh so you could jump and dash so there would be points in time where you need to jump dash to a wall grab onto it and then climb up the top you know so now you do have like a stamina so you can't just hold on to the wall forever, you know what I mean? Or something to that extent. Uh, there are points where, like, okay, you need to make a quick series of jumps and get to the top, uh, otherwise you'll fall to your death. Now, what's nice is, um, you know, when you do die, it's it's real quick, you know what I mean? You're right back into it. Um, each screen is, like, sort of like a, a sustained puzzle, you know? Like, get to the exit... You know, and sometimes there's, I don't want to say exit, get to the point where you could push to the next screen. Sometimes there's uh, multiple screens to choose from and secrets to find. Uh, and then again, sort of like Slime Son, where they had the apples sort of scattered about, mm-hmm. uh, this game has strawberries. <laughs> what? What's with the fruit thing here? Huh? Yeah, I have no idea. But um, these, now, I don't think they do anything at all. I think they're just literally a badge of uh, pride. To sort of be gotcha. like, hey, each level has X amount of strawberries, and you can be like, hey, look, I got, you know, 28 of the 30. How many do you have, you know? So I guess sort of just right. uh, just a personal uh, kind I of thing. I have 30 of 30. Well, 
I guess I'll stink. Uh, yep. But no, the, these strawberries are really tough to get. Uh, I shouldn't say all of them. Obviously, they're going to be some that are easier than others. But some really require either, like, really precise uh, movements and jumps or, like, even just, like, sort of, like, thinking of how to even get to a certain area sometimes is half the puzzle, you know? It's like, all right, like, how how do my jumps work and how, how can I use those tools to sort of get to that area? But mm -hmm. um, aside from just the, you know, really difficult gameplay, um, I mean, as we said, it's pixel art, uh, beautiful, really, really beautiful. Um, they do some really cool things with the lighting and, and just some really great, you know, elements to just make it stand out. Uh, as we talked earlier with uh, Chris, how he admired the text box, you know, how, how they talk. Um, I think mm -hmm. a lot of the, the sound design and the music is really, really beautiful. Um, you can actually, I believe, get the soundtrack um, on, like, iTunes and stuff, you know? Like, they, it, it's really nice to listen to. Um, now, what's really cool about this game is that, you know, with most platformers, there's some sort of, like, oh, like, there's, like, a throwaway story, you know what I mean? Sort of like, yeah, this is why you're doing these things, but, you know, obviously the majority of the focus was it's based on game. Yeah. Making sure that the level design was really great, that it's fun to play. It feels right. You know, it's challenging, but you know, all that stuff, but, and it does that. It, Celeste does that wonderfully. The, the level design is top notch. Um, but what I found really amazing is that they were actually able to add a story that you actually care about and, and really has feeling. Um, and it's sort of, it seems to be, I'm not super duper deep into the game. I think I'm on uh, the sixth level. Maybe the fifth, fifth or sixth or around that point. But okay. How many levels are there? That I'm not sure. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not 100%. But, you know, it's really interesting because it's just, it this, uh, your main character, Celeste. Actually, I don't, I think it's Celeste Mountain. I forget her name now that I'm thinking about it. It's definitely not Celeste. Oh, it's Madeline. Madeline? Madeline. Um, One of those. So she's having, like, some sort of, like, mental... I don't want to say mental breakdown or something, but she's having a hard time, you know, and, like, climbing this... depression? Yeah, like, I maybe... Yeah. yeah, maybe it's battling depression and those kinds of things where, you know, her goal right now is, I want to climb this mountain, and she's being told she can't, and then, you know, she's like, oh, well, of course I can, and as you go through... Uh, you find, like, a mirror, and all of a sudden, like, a, a a mean Madeline breaks out, and it's sort of, like, it's another one of her, but it's, like, sort of, like, the manifestation of, like, I guess her bad thoughts, you know what I mean? So, and, and she's, you can't do this, you know, you always screw things up, don't try and help that person, you know, like, and, and so it's interesting to see how this is developing, hmm. and uh, there'll be points where you're in, for instance, um... Though the one, it's an early level. It's uh, a ho you get to this hotel because you're climbing the mountain, right? So there's a hotel somewhat close to the bottom of the mountain, and you get in there, and it's weird, and it's sort of abandoned. You find this guy; he's, he's sort of strange, um, and again, you're sort of trying to help him, but like he's also being really weird, and 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 it's like I don't know if I should be helping him, but it's just interesting to see how you know the characters interact. But then that was also a, a level that really stood out to me. It's just. Because you get to these points where all of a sudden, like, okay, bad thoughts are sort of taken over, and now I'm in the hotel, right, or I'm in this area, but it's clearly, like, also melding with, like, her mental 
state at that point, which, so when she's panicking, now all of a sudden, like, the world is coming to life in a bad way, you know, where it's, like, sort of like the nightmare is taking over. So it's really, and then that presents new elements and new uh, factors you're going to have to deal with when traversing that area, you know what I mean? Um, right. And it's just, the game is wonderful. Um, it, they really did, like I said, I, I haven't really seen too many platformers that sort of tie in a really compelling and interesting sort of plot line to go along with just a masterful level design. Um, I have not tried any of the B levels yet, but um, located in each level you can, and it's sort of, you know, hidden off the uh, beaten path, so it's not like, um, I'm trying to think, it wasn't like so hidden like you would never find it unless if you're scouring every single inch of each screen, you know, but you will find secret areas and then you can get the B side or the B tape, and it's that same level, but remixed to really, really, really difficult levels of uh, <laughs> of insanity, if you will. Um, I haven't played it, but I've seen some videos of them, and it's just like, whoo, that, that's going to be like the people that love uh, those super difficult levels in like Super Mario Maker, like the Kaizo levels, mm -hmm. I think they call them, you know, where it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, you need to be... I don't want to say frame perfect, but like you need to literally be like you. There's a choreated dance to get through this level, you know, and you need to be spot on. And uh, it looks like I, I don't think I will literally try and beat all of the B B uh, sides, but I mm -hmm. definitely am excited to sort of get in there and and sort of give my uh, my hand a, a try and see how bad I get demolished. But yeah, you're oh, gonna yeah. die a ton. I like I die hundreds of times a level. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they give you, of course, they give you the nice little counter after you're done with the level, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh 200 times. <laughs> yeah, well, remember, there is some pretty cool difficulty scaling options you could do. Um, which, uh, have you ever dived into that yet? No, I haven't messed around with that, because um, while the levels have been very difficult, there hasn't been one where I, lit you know what I mean, where I couldn't get past it. You know, there have right. definitely well, been, like, screens where I've probably died 20 times, you know? And yeah. then it's, like, sort of finally, like, clicks, and you, and you work your way through it. But it is nice that they That's do good. have that I mean, option. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's... I want to say it's difficult, but it's not, like, insidious levels where you just, you know, want to put the game down or anything. Or at least I should say not to this ex point that I'm at yet. Right. Well, I'm sure you'll be playing more, and you can update us a little more next week on your uh, your findings. You can tell us how Madeline's depression is. Yeah, hopefully, doing. hopefully she's overcoming it. Um, I believe yep. that's uh, hopefully the goal when we reach the peak will be uh, sort of her her path to enlightenment to to overcome that. But I'm also going to be. Uh, or she's going to get to the top of of the mountain and then she sees the bigger mountain. Yeah, she's like, like <laughs> on the Simpsons. Oh no, this was the bunny hill. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'll definitely, uh, have an update on that next week, as well as, uh, a Radiant Historia I started playing, um, for... Oh, and we got, yeah, so, yeah, we'll be talking Radiant Historia, the new 3DS one, um, next week, but also, we have to tell the peeps, you have finished Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I sure have. Oh, my goodness, dude. Um... Woo! I, I don't want to make any uh, any changes to any top ten lists just yet, because right. 
I know, obviously, coming off the emotion of just beating a game, especially one that um, I wish I knew yeah. exactly how many hours I put into it. The in-game freaking clock got busted. Um, yeah. But well over 60, I would imagine, at least. Uh, so, I mean, right now I want to be like, Xenoblade 2 is my favorite Switch game. But... Mm-hmm. You can say that. I, I, Your favorites can change. No, I know. I, I need to let the des, uh, the dust settle on on this yeah, okay. one and maybe revisit. Like think in like two weeks, come back and be like, is it still like? Was it just the high of beating the game? And I and, hate and, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's worse than Xenoblade Chronicles X. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Well, this would be a good time to plug. Uh, David Lloyd is starting a new connectivity segment. Uh, the Thirsty Mage. Mm, yes, he uh, is. And this is going to be, uh, is this a monthly, or yep. trying to be a monthly this is, project? Yeah, th- This the plan is going to be a monthly uh, RPG over, or RPG discussion podcast over on Connectivity uh, each month. Sort of go into the real nerdy, get into the mechanics, um, you know, talk battle systems, stories, uh, music, character character development all that jazz um with i believe the idea is going to be like the first 90 percent no 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 the first 90 percent of it is going to be spoiler free or light spoilers you know what i mean like right obviously if you're talking about characters that maybe are introduced a little bit later into the game that could be spoilish uh but no like we're not going to be spoiling any of like the really story elements until that very last segment where then it's going to be like hey guys if you haven't played it, flip it off, you know, flip the podcast off kind of deal. And then you sort of yeah. get into the more spoily cast uh, stuff. But I know um, spoily cast. the old spoily cast, man. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's going to be a, a monthly thing over there. And I believe the first two months are already lined up for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, I believe we're going to be aiming to record that sometime in February um, with mm-hmm. the release coming during Xenoblade week over on Nintendo World Report. Um, which is going to be, yeah, big old celebration of all things Xenoblade. And then I believe, uh, the second episode will actually be Radiant Historia. Um, the perfect, perfect chronology, I believe is the, Uh, yeah, the, the title. So, uh, yeah, pretty exciting things. Um, David is awesome. So I have no doubt that the podcast is going to be equally as awesome. So it's, uh, something to look forward to. One more time. That's the Thirsty Mage, and actually, uh, they have uh, there's a Twitter you can follow for that. Um, and I believe isn't that at the Thirsty Mage? Yeah. Somehow nobody had the Thirsty Mage on Twitter. Yeah. I can't that's believe amazing. it. <laughs> so there's not. It's not at the Thirsty Mage underscore sixteen. It's just at the Thirsty Mage. So it's just the Thirsty um, check Mage. That out. And, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be part of connectivity. So, and we'll definitely know obviously when that comes out because Casey's gonna be on it. I'm not going to be on it because I'm not a nerd. Yep. Just kidding. I'm a huge nerd. I'm just not <laughs> that nerdy, if you know what I mean. Um, You're like one hey. of those fake nerds. Yeah. Now, uh, right now, You're I have furred. one last game. <laughs> I have one last game to talk about, and I just had an idea. Uh, uh, it's called uh, it's called 10 Second Run Returns, and now I'm going to run a timer for 10 seconds, and I'm going to tell you about the game in 10 seconds, and that's going to be it. Here, how about this? I'll set the alarm, so you, and I'll tell you to go, and I'm going to cut you right off at 10 seconds, okay? Okay, just t- okay. hold on. Actually, right. you'll hear the beep, because it's okay. going to have a countdown, all right? Ready? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, tell us what 10-second run returns now. 
Okay, previously in 2010 it was released as a DSiWare game and now it is on the Switch and it is where you have to go through uh, platforming levels and finish them in 10 seconds and then you're done and then that's basically the whole game. That was pretty good. Hey, huh? Alright, cool. There you go. Uh, beautiful. Alright, well, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and do a, a loaded eShop roundup and then get to the news and, you know, you know. The whole rigmarole, as they say. The whole bibbity boppity, as they've said before. Scoop bop a dop bop be bop a. Craigslist roundup. roundup. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, and it's the eShop Roundup. Uh, it's where we go through all of the all of what came out on Switch in the last week, uh, and we're going to start with offerings. We're going to start with uh, the thing that makes it a week. I always like when we start it off because I actually wonder, you know, if or do people get nervous when we're getting like three quarters of the way down and they haven't heard a Neo yeah. Geo game? Are they worrying right. like this might not even be a week? Like what is going on right now? But then, right. but you know what? It's also nice because I guess it keeps them on their toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Casey, I have to ask you, who's the strongest in history? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe we should have a New World Heroes tournament now. Ooh! Yes, we definitely World find Heroes, out. World Heroes 2 for the Neo Geo is out for the old hamster price of $7.99. It's a fighting game released by SNK in 1993. No! A fighting game? Yeah, I know, by <laughs> SNK. Can you believe it? They never make fighting games. Now, are you looking at these awesome screenshots? Yes. There's like a pirate fighting a karate, uh, a karate guy, but the pirate is unleashing some sort of shark attack. <laughs> yes. And then the other Dude. guy's kicking the shark in the face. Dude, I like the skeleton <laughs> sitting on too. a <laughs> pile of gold in the back. Oh. <laughs> the, the audience is a, is a skeleton. Uh, sitting um, on a pile of gold. Is... There's like a football player I... fighting like a world, like a WWE wrestler throwing a football at him. It's like his Shurugan. Yeah, look, this is really crazy looking. And there's um Shurugan. Wow, <laughs> this game looks awesome. It does. If there it weren't like, yeah, that... a million games to play. Oh man, yeah. I remember the days when I could buy a Neo Geo game and play it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Okay, well, let's keep going. Uh, next up, we have the Takyan Project. That's how I'm uh, choosing to to uh, pronounce that. Or Tach Tachyan. Tachyan. I'm assuming it's Takyan. Tachyan. It's for $9.99. Now this game looks like uh, it looks like Geometry Wars, kind of. Yeah, it's sort of. It's sort of yeah. Geometry Wars also sort of gives off that. Um, Graceful explosion machine vibes, you know, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Sort of like those neon colors too. Yeah, it looks cool. Nine ninety nine from Eclipse Games. Uh, it's one to four players, so that's cool. Yeah, it looks sort of interesting. Um, yeah. Next up, we've got here a little game you just talked about, Space Dave for nine ninety nine. And Woo. yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I don't think I we really so. have to say much more. You uh, touched nope, on that pretty good. Just remember, good. it's from, it's from the guys that did the Bit Trip. So, good stuff. Um, but yeah, next up, uh, we have Dust Off Heli Rescue 2 for $14.99, um, and this is where, uh, you're playing as a helicopter, and I, I'm assuming you're rescuing things in this blocky Minecraft-looking world, and 
Yeah, it looks interesting, and, to be honest yeah, with you. interesting. Um, yeah. Like you said, it sort of has that Minecraft uh, blockiness to it. But I've watched some game tra uh, gameplay videos, and the helicopter moves pretty fluidly. It, it looks like um, looks like it could be could be some fun. Uh, sure. I guess it used to be a mobile game. I think it was yeah. ported over, but so I think it has some interesting controls with like the L and R trigger being like uh, involved with that. Right. But yeah, fourteen ninety nine. And there's thirty five tenths missions. So. Uh, yeah. Now, next up, we have what is it? Case? Super One More Jump for seven dollars on the, the Schnoz. Yeah, what? Jimbo. <laughs> but um, now I've heard really good things. We have a good uh, review on the site from uh, Don uh, that people should check out. But yeah, this is I, I believe the idea is it's a it's a one it's one button controls. So. Yeah, it, it looks interesting. Uh, like you said, to sort of echo that, I've heard also very good things. Um, I've seven dollars. It looks um, great. <laughs> yeah, seven. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, Why not six ninety nine? Yeah. Just not That's seven. Weird. Just not seven. Why not six? Dude, six ninety nine looks so much better. Oh, I know. It, I, we want the penny. I would have bought it otherwise. No. Um. Yeah, it looks sort of cool. Okay. Yeah. One. Yeah. One touch control. Good to go. Uh, it now, also has what uh, over a hundred handcrafted levels, um, some endless modes and stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This next game looks so cool. Seriously, now this is a hamster toss, but it's not Neo Geo. It's an arcade archive, um, and this would happen to be Kid Nicky Radical Ninja. Uh, and if you're looking at screenshots, they're pretty sweet. Uh, weird looking. Kind of reminds me of, uh, oh, those games uh, released on the Wii U Virtual Console like last year. Remember uh, where you play as like a monk or whatever? Hmm. Ah, not ringing a bell. They've got an They're error like the on their games. their page here though. Got a typo. Oh. Oh, do I? No, 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 no. They do on the Nintendo page. Oh, oh, what is it? It says Kid Nicky Radical Ninja in parentheses, but in Ninja, the parenthesis is between the J and the A instead of after the A. Ooh. But anyway, action Good game released case. in 1986. So, Ooh. no, the, the, the sprite work looks really cool. Like you said, the, the characters looks very bright, nice and defined. You know what I mean? It's not like he's yeah. like a blob or anything. Uh, yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's move on. What else do we got? Next up, we've got Zero Gunner 2 for the Nintendo Switch. That's also clocking in at $7.99. Now, mm -hmm. is the actual title here Zero yes. Gunner 2 Dash for Nintendo Switch? Yes, it is. That is the title. Interesting. This is an older yep. game, though, because I'm looking at the... Uh, the title screen here and it says 2001 so it's interesting to see the re-release but i mean well it's i don't say it's not that interesting to see a re-release but what for it just looks weird yeah i know and in, in the the uh like the abstract on the e-shop says sikyo or whatever it is psycho revival and then two exclamation points and then it says play the good old arcade game play the good old arcade game it's good and old, baby. I guess. Well, 
And uh, I no, said this, that price no, right is a, It's like a shoot em, shoot em up, right? Or no, what is it? I can't even really tell from the weird screen. They're saying arcade first person action game. Oh, it's first person. So. Uh, weird. That's what they're saying. Right. The screenshots don't really appear that way. No. Uh, it looks like it's not first person at all. But, right. But they categorize. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. Right in. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Ten second now, return. I... <laughs> Give me 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Go. Yeah. No, okay, this is 10 second returns, and uh, it's funny because it's. it's, it's the, the price is $6.54, like 654321Go. Is that really what that's for? I think. I don't know. That's so I, weird. I think because every time you start, it goes three, two, one, go. You know? Interesting. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why else it'd be $6.54. I mean, yeah. I can't even call it a Jimmy price because it's the weirdest price I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Jane price. <laughs> now... You thought the last name of the game was weird. I, how about this one? This is the actual spelling of this game. Uh, okay. Fantasy Hero. <laughs> Unsigned Legacy. With the... <laughs> what are the, the squigglies called? I forget what they're... The squiggly hyphens? I don't know. The squiggles? Squyphens. The... Yeah, that's strange. Um, anyway, nine ninety nine. Uh, this is a hack and slash RPG or, or a hack and slash game meets action RPG. Stand up with the four heroes to save the world. Um, yep. Looks sort of interesting, I guess. Yep. If you like that sort of a thing, sure. S strange name. Strange name, man. Yep. But speaking of strange names, what is going got... on this week? What is happening? <laughs> we got more. Uh, Strikers 1945 2. <laughs> for Nintendo uh, Switch. Yeah, for Nintendo Switch. Why? Um, this is an old game. Oh, it's uh, the same people. That's Psycho. Yeah. Psy I want to say it's Psycho, but. Psycho? Psycho? If you went to a video arcade, you might know a certain name. The name is Psycho. The Psycho made an awful disaster that called Psycho Bullets. Seven ninety nine. <laughs> moving right many along. Players left and end. No, but moving along. <laughs> Next up here, we've got. Hold on. Hold on. Just because you took ten to seconds to talk the other <laughs> game doesn't mean you get twenty minutes on this one. <laughs> no, listen. This is how they end this. Seriously. The player who wants to play shooting game from the bottom of heart, please do play Strikers 1945-2. All right, they sold me. Just because it asked nicely. Yep, yep. All righty, next up here we've okay. got straight up tennis. Yeah, we had wacky, we had wacky game names. Not this now game. Now it's about as, yeah. This game gets right to the point. Tennis. Yep. For $7.99. Um, now this looks sort of like, uh, I mean, it, it's a tennis game, you know what I mean? But like, I guess it, the characters almost feel me-esque, not quite like the, you know what I mean? But like the little bubbly characters, um, mm -hmm. you know, it looks like some, yeah, some interesting, uh, sort of, um, tennis court areas, like one out in like, uh, looks like the cherry blossoms by the, the bay. 
Or the cotton candy. Yeah, and then you've got, yeah. um, I think you play, it says up to four, 2v2 split screen or locally. Uh, so that's pretty cool. cool. Connect through two consoles. Yeah, it's only two players, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, uh, looks like a little uh, nice little tennis game. I don't know how well it plays, but it looks right. like if you're looking for, you know, uh, a tennis game to hold you till aces, this might be uh, a decent little option for seven ninety nine. Yeah. For sure. Next up, we have not Star Wars, but Earth Wars. The Last for- Jedi. For a Jimmy price of four dollars and fifty cents. Why? <laughs> I just now. <laughs> you ever seen this... uh, Billy Madison? Uh, yes. Like when he grabs that kid, like the the fat kid, and he starts shaking him, and how he's like, "Never leave school," you know. Do you not remember that I, part? I haven't seen it for like ten um, years, or like twenty. Years. I just want to like grab those people, and be like. Why four dollars and fifty cents? <laughs> Seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not four ninety nine? Yeah. I would have rather paid. You'd make more money and you'd look like less of a gym. Yep. But anyway. Well, yeah. This is a tough, cheeky two D action game, uh, and it looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, it kind of looks like Xenoblade in some of the. Uh, screenshots and then it kind of looks like other i don't know it's weird looking yeah it looks sort of interesting because it like some of the the backgrounds and monsters look really detailed but then like mm-hmm. your character looks like it's just sort of like pasted on top of it in like a more 2D style um although i guess looking at the monster too it looks like it might be like a 3D background mm-hmm. with like yeah. 2D character models not that that's a bad looks- thing it looks sort of cool but it looks cool though, and I, I, again, I heard Don say it's it's pretty awesome, and it's only four fifty. So, <laughs> but I won't buy it. You mean it's only four fifty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but last, and certainly not least, probably most, <laughs> is Celeste. Celeste. Yeah. Boom. Uh, yeah, we talked about for that. For nineteen ninety nine. Uh, worth every penny. This is a game that we've talked about many times already on the show. Definitely worth uh, worth the price of admission, I'd say. Cool. That's good. All right. That's going to do it for the eShop Roundup. And it's time to move on over to the old... News Talk with Casey Gibson. That's right. The news block. Don't listen to that jingle. <laughs> it's the block. That's right. Now, speaking of blocks, we've got an update from the Octopath Traveler guys um, over there. Now, as we all know, the demo came out last year, and I'd say uh, to great success, uh, a lot of buzz, a lot of people seemed to like it, and um, there was a video released, and we now learned that over 1 million downloads of the demo, which is pretty ridiculous if you think about it, uh, it's a lot of downloads for a demo. Um, now, they've got about 45,000 survey responses, which I'd say is sort of not a great rate, you know what I mean, for 1 million to only get 45,000. But you know what? 45,000 mm-hmm. survey responses is still a lot You know that can uh, benefit the development. Now, what's nice is they are taking these uh, 
points of criticism and running with them and, and fixing some issues. Now, I guess uh, I haven't actually played this demo. I downloaded it but never got around to it. So I don't yeah. know um, how glaring some of these issues were, but I guess uh, some of the main complaints were sort of the speed of the game uh, and not being able to, like, skip cutscenes. You know, had uh, you die to a boss and have to re-watch all the cutscenes. Uh, so they, they put in an option to skip that. Uh, they put in, um, I guess, just now the pace in which you move is just generally faster, and you can actually sprint, and the sprinting lets you move, like, really fast. Um, but I guess to sort of counterbalance that, uh, your attack or the rate in which you uh, get into encounters is raised when you're sprinting. But that's also good because that sort of gives uh, those people who want to uh, grind a little bit, you know, or, or level up, like, the ability to do so quicker. Um, but, yeah, it seems like they really uh, are listening to what people want and are making a lot of changes that uh, are going to sort of quality of life changes. But they also said uh, they've been changing some more stuff that they can't get into just yet. Uh but I think it's really, really cool that a company, you know, like Square Enix is sort of taking all of this, you know, grassroots criticism and sort of rolling with it for this game. And uh, I, I really can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's cool that Square's always, you know, with their games, they always put out demos. Like, remember the, uh, the uh, Bravely Default? Remember they had, like, those really big demos before? and oh, dude. Uh, I yeah. love Bravely Default, man. Yeah? Dude, I, I I know... I want Bravely Default 3 so bad. Bravely 3rd, baby. Alright. Well, uh, now... Would you like Persona 6? Mm-mm-mm-mm. You better stop that, Perry. Now, do you want it on PS4, Switch, PC, or other platforms? I think I'd like to play it most on the PC. <laughs> so then this way I can't truly get comfortable while I play. <laughs> and <laughs> or play anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, what are yeah. you talking about? I <laughs> no, apparently My computer's Atlas is actually Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna make a waterproof yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah, oh jeez. Uh apparently Atlas is asking if uh, if we want it on uh, which one we want it on, and we obviously want it on Switch. Uh, and hopefully this could help bring future Atlas titles to Switch because of this. Yeah, now I think, I mean, Atlas uh, obviously has had a really great relationship with Nintendo, on, especially on the two, uh, 2DS, on the original DS and the 3DS. Um, you know, obviously Shin Megami Tensei is going to be coming out uh, the fifth one to the Switch, so we know Atlas uh, has a pretty good relationship with Nintendo. I would wonder... Um, Persona has sort of been, like, uh, a Sony-exclusive game, you know what I mean? A uh, game series. And it sort of seems like uh, Shin Megami Tensei now is sort of like a Nintendo-exclusive. So it seems like uh, Atlas sort of likes to diversify and, and give each, uh, you know, platform holder, like, some love here and there. I wonder if they would be willing to put Persona 6, you know, on multiple systems. Um, honestly, I... Persona 6, I guarantee, will come out after the Switch is probably already on either its last legs or the the follow-up will be coming out, you know? They don't release those games very often. Um, right. And when they do, like, I remember Persona 5, 
I think I remember seeing a graphic with 2013 or 2014 release date, you know, and it didn't come out till 2017. So, yeah. Sounds like a, a certain Zelda game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a Square Enix, play out of the Square Enix playbook. But mm-hmm. um, what I would be more interested in to see if they would be crazy enough to bring Persona 5, um, and, and I don't Crazy enough, I don't say, because I think it would probably be, like, a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Like, it would sell, right. like, hotcakes on the Switch. People love um, these RPGs on the Switch because it's easy to play, you can bring with you, especially, you know, a game that's probably going to be pushing 60, 80, 100 hours. But mm-hmm. I don't really know how that whole deal works with Sony. Um, if there is some sort of written agreement, you know, that, like, hey, we're going to keep this on that platform or not, or if maybe it's some sort of... Uh, timed exclusivity i really i don't know and i don't think there's really probably any good concrete information about that kind of stuff out there but man i would love persona 5 on the switch it would just be so perfect well thank you for that groundbreaking news that you'd love persona 5 on the switch that one was for me boys and girls yeah uh (laughs) well it's funny because uh the other day uh, Target was having a one of their little deals, and uh, Rhyme for Switch was fifty percent off. Um, so it was twenty bucks, or so I thought, because the game runs thirty nine ninety nine. I went there, and I picked it up, and I looked on because you have to have a Target Cartwheel app to buy stuff. I mean, I mean to use it. I mean, you just need the app, and that's all. And apparently, it was showing up for twenty nine ninety nine on the app and then 50% off that so I got Rhyme on Switch Physical for $15.77 and I'm I'm telling you all this because and I didn't know this was happening but apparently an update for it was submitted uh, to help with all the little jankiness that's going on Um, and apparently it's a really big file and uh, they don't know if uh, Nintendo's gonna approve it because it's bigger than than the standard approval like file limit. Mm, um, interesting. So yeah, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But anyway, I'm still happy because I've I've always wanted to play the game. And to be honest, the cover's so nice, and the manual is really nice too. It's a really nice physical game, and it's looked cool. And I remember waiting out line at PAX. Remember that up on the billboard? It, it was up on the billboard. Oh yep, no. Remember that? Yeah, sure do. That was so weird, but yeah. No, that's um, that's a game that really interested me because, like you said, the art style was just wonderful. Um, it looks like yeah. a really fun world to explore, but then we just heard how how bad the yeah, Switch how version was. was. Um, so hopefully this patch, you know, fixes a lot of that, and that might be something that I keep an eye out for because it definitely looks like a really cool game. Totally. So, we'll we'll see what, if that update comes out. So, um, now to get onto Breath of the Wild news, uh, it is the highest selling Zelda in Japan in 19 years. Ooh-wee. That surprises me. How's that possible? Well, I I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, because of time. Well, well, that 19. What what did it say? 19 years ago. So mm-hmm. it would have been 99. Yeah. Yeah. That would have probably been Majora's so, Mask, Majora's right? Mask? Yeah. Which, is, I mean, I guess maybe the follow-up to Ocarina of Time, it had a lot of hype going around it. Um, 
I would have thought that maybe um, A Link Between Worlds would have outsold that just due to uh, how many 3DSs are out there in the world. Mm-hmm. That you'd figure they would have put plenty of uh, sales behind that. But, yeah, I'm looking... Um, uh, Japan release for Majora's Mask was April 27th, 2000. So, I guess... Uh, I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Breath of, Breath of the Wild has sold a lot, uh, so yeah, that's that's cool. You know, it was probably Ocarina of Time, which was released in November twenty first, nineteen ninety eight, which would have been yeah. yeah it was definitely major, uh, Ocarina of Time. Yep, that makes sense. So good. Not anymore. Um, but yeah, moving along here. <laughs> Uh, speaking of good things happening to good games, Celeste has been uh, tearing it up, critically at it, least. It sure has. Now, you know, NWR, Nintendo World Report, Neil, Neil Ronhand, gave it a 10, and I remember uh, when we that was sort of kicking around, like, yeah, I think, think I'm going to give it a 10, and I was like, oh, man, okay. Like, great, you know, it sounds like a great game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... Uh, we saw IGN and Destructoid also give it tens, so it. it I, I'm real happy to see that this game's getting a lot of love. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you sort of get, you know, a smaller uh, indie game. You know, sort of the pixelated art. You know, I could have seen some people been a little hesitant just because of maybe some backlash of you know what a ten. You know, I've already seen comments like, "How could you give a game a ten with that graphic style?" You know. Which is oh. <laughs> which is silly, but um, but no, oh, you it's you mean a nice graphical style? Yeah, yeah, one that's aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. How could yeah. you do that? You jerk! But uh, <laughs> no, I mean just awesome. Uh, high, like I said, worth the price of admission if you're looking for a really fun platformer. Very good. I definitely will be getting it. So, um, all right. So, have you ever heard of the game Fortnite? I sure have. Have you? No. Okay. So let me take this one then. Worldwide right. uh, creative director of Epic Games says he's interested in bringing Fortnite to the Switch at some point. Now, Fortnite is this crazy uh, online co-op survival like shooter game, right? So it sort of has, uh, I guess, I think they actually added like a Battle Royale uh mode which is sort of like that PUBG which we talked about um but i guess mm-hmm. what's cool about this game is you can sort of like it's survival and you got to take out you know it's a gunplay game but you can also build like i don't want to say forts but literally like like there will be people who are like, i need to get from this side of the cliff to the other side of the cliff and there's just like a big gap but like all of a sudden you see this guy laying down like bridge like planks in front of him as he's running across it you know what i mean and like there's other points where like these two people are having a gunfight and one person is sort of exposed but all of a sudden then they build like a wall with a little window right there and all of a sudden now they have cover you know so i guess it sort of Mm -hmm. adds that element of constructing and building bases and with like the good uh, gunplay and survival aspects of it so sounds cool it's been tearing it up uh it's really popular so if it can get to the Switch, and it's one of those games, it's not like um, if you were to look at some screenshots or something, 
like it doesn't look like it would be something that would be like it's got that cartoony vibe to it. So I don't think there's a like you might not. I don't want to say that because I, I guess I don't technically know all the the ins and outs, but it doesn't seem like something that would be too graphically taxing for the Switch. Cool. But, yeah, I mean, I've never played it, but if it came to Switch, I probably would. Of course. And that's the story of all games. Yep. On the Talk Nintendo podcast. I haven't played it, but if it came to Switch, I probably would. Amen. <laughs> yes. Well, we have an announcement block inside of the news block today. Uh... One that I know people are going crazy about is Dead Cells is going to be coming later this year to the Nintendo Switch, um, a game I don't know anything about. Yeah, I don't really know much about it either. Um, I know it's like a roguelike Metroidvania hybrid, I guess. Um, Ooh, I don't know. I, looking at the screenshots, really cool art style. Um, I mean, everyone loves this game. Yeah, so. again, I've heard a lot of really good things, so... Hey, keep bringing them good games to the Switch, and we'll keep trying to find time to play them. Yep, we promised that. Um, now, speaking of bringing good games to the Switch, uh, friend of the show, Jules Watchem, uh, that crazy man is bringing tons, him and Atui, bringing tons of games this year. Uh, I mean, he already just he brought, brought out Mutant Mud's collection, like, you know, a couple, like a month ago. Um... But uh, they have Zeo Drifter coming February 15th, so that's like a couple weeks. Um, he also has Totes the Goat coming out, for uh, um, which is the mobile game coming out for the Switch. Um, and yeah, and it has like all of the, it's not just touchscreen, it also has like a... a button you know controls mm-hmm. and analog stick controls and, and he said i believe uh, he said he took because uh, i believe it's 499 or will be 499 and it doesn't mm-hmm. have any of the micro transactions that you'd find in the mobile version so i know right it's not like the other mobile games that come to switch that are 29.99 and still have all the yeah yeah it's nice <laughs> that someone yeah <laughs> yeah and then beyond that he said that there's gonna this is exciting he's there's gonna be a playable demo of treasure knots at e3 um, which, whoo, I wish I was going to E3. Maybe next year. Um, you better. Yeah, uh, he also mentioned that there's a Chicken Wiggle uh, rehatched Kickstarter campaign coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but the big one. Yeah, the arguably the biggest news from his uh, blog post, I would say, is the announcement of a little game called Soccer Slammers. Now, this is a... Like, graphic, it sort of has, like, a blocky character, sort of like a Minecraft-looking character. Just like Toast the Goat, yeah. But... It's just like Toast. Ex- yeah, yeah. I guess that would have been a, a, a better comparison. But I guess... It, well, <laughs> I guess if you hadn't played Toast the Goats, though. Um, right. But, yeah, I guess this is sort of, uh, like, an NBA Jam-styled soccer arcade game. Um, you know, 2v2, sort of just like NBA Jam. And I guess the plan is to release that game around the time uh, the FIFA World Cup starts which is in, uh, like, middle of June, so not too far mm-hmm. off that game either, and if it can hit that feel of NBA Jam, man, that's one of my favorite games to play ever. I It's just so much fun. Just pure yeah. gameplay fun. Yeah, and I, people around the internet seem to be very, very excited about that concept as well, so, um, yeah, really hope that all works out, but, I mean, that's like, 
five games coming up this year for a two e so which is awesome and i'm really pumped for zero drifter man i was looking at screenshots that game is gorgeous so can't wait to play that in a couple weeks so but that's not Ooh. the only announcements we've got more perry in this announcement block we have more we've got wild guns reloaded headed to the switch um they didn't give a date they just said early 2018 now uh this isn't a game i've played either but I believe it's like a remake. What, what is this game? I think it's like a remake of um, like an older game that came out. Let me see. For the Super Nintendo. Uh, 94. Came out in 94, 95 in the U.S. I guess. Uh, yeah, here we go. Reloaded yeah. is just a, an, an enhanced remaster of the original game. Um, or no, Reloaded is an enhanced remaster titled Wild Guns Reloaded, which was released in. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's just already out for the PS4, so... Um, right. But yeah, coming to the Switch. Like I said, I haven't played Wild Guns, um, but I, I know it, the name's got some cachet, so... Yeah. You right over there? Yeah, I, yeah I'm looking at a trailer for it. Yeah, looks cool. All right, um, and we also have Flinthook and Mercenary Kings announced with limited physical releases. Very, very nice. Yeah, I don't... Um, again, these aren't games I'm really uh, in too much I know about. But I know Mercenary Kings is uh, like a side-scrolling shoot-em-up game. So, and I think... It looks awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to... Uh, it's Tribute Games. Is that the... I'm trying to think... Um, no. Okay. I was thinking of the Trine guys. That's... Oh, No. I forget what is their studio called? Frozen Bite. Is that okay? So I'm just way off. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Hey, mo physical releases are always good, and that's not the only games, or I should say, those aren't the only games getting physical releases. We're also getting a Darkest Dungeon physical release in March. Uh, we talked about this game yeah. a couple yeah, weeks ago, awesome. and all the different SKUs. And well, now you've got a forty dollars SKU, so. Yeah, yeah, but it does come with all the ancestral. Dishes, yeah, so it's yeah. really only five bucks more for the cart, baby. Which is definitely the avenue that I would buy it on. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be spending that much cabbage already, the only, the only thing is that it is a roguelike. I don't know what to the extent, but it's like those are so good for just popping in, and popping out. You know. Yeah, it's always nice to have those on, so, on deck, if you will. And you, but you. You gotta have the case. The Switch cases are just so nice. I'm sorry. They're a good size. They They're a good so size. Cool. They are. They're so cool. But yeah. Alrighty, and that's gonna bring us to the end of the news section. Uh, eh, borderline hardy. Uh, you know what? The announcement yeah. block brought it over the edge. I'd say it was hardy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I'm looking at my yep. main bullet yep. points here. I'm like, eh, that's not. But you know what? Boom. Announcement block. Hardy. Yeah. There yep. you have it. Very good. So it uh, looks like we have time now for uh, a little listener mail. We got one in from our, our old pal, Jonathan. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read it uh, to close up the show. He says, uh, great episode, guys. Was surprised at your picks. Uh, and he's talking about the top tens uh, that we did. Uh, he said, had fun trying to guess them. Please sing the arms theme if you read my email or even if you don't. Oh, 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 oh. All right. And here's I want to keep doing it in a nice low voice while you read his top top games. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. 
Number 11, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number 10, Kamiko. Number 9, Overcooked. Number 8, Snipperclips. Number 7, Splatoon 2. Number 6, Arms! And now at number 5, Nintendo Disney Afternoon Collection. Number 4, Fire Emblem Echoes. Number 3, Shovel Knight Spectre of Torment. Number 2, SNES Classic, Mario World and DKC. And the number 1, Nintendo Switch System itself. Woo! Thank thank you, Casey. There we go. Yeah, that was really that was really good. Um yeah, Jonathan, I love those picks. Uh uh yeah, uh, I although I feel like putting uh the Super NES Classic and Switch system as two in one is kind of cheating it, but that's nope, okay. No, I like a good workaround. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, I mean, I guess yeah. 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 Now, we also have uh, one last email from Ryan. Um another another top 10. I think these will be our last top 10s we read. And yep. we'll say that cuz we're recording this uh the the pen ultimate day of January. So, you know, after That's this true. point we're going to be getting the February. We're going to be talking new things, but last email here for our top 10s. Um this one like I said coming from Ryan. Howdy boys. Firstly, congratulations on the big 70. It's a milestone that goes vastly unappreciated. I concur. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a few weeks behind, but I figured I'd send my top 10 games for 2017. Yeah, it's a lot of the same things as most lists, but I'm sure there's something worth commenting on in there. So, starting at number 10, we've got Blaster Master Zero. The Heck yeah. Monster Hunter Stories. Very interesting. Metroid Samus Returns. Metroid. Hollow Knight. Which I that came out of nowhere. I'm looking forward to well, that apparently really good. I'm looking forward to uh, that one's coming to the Switch as well, I believe. So, uh, number six, Super Mario Odyssey. Hey, number f- I think mine was number six too. Number five, Resident Evil Seven. Very nice choice. Great game. Great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Mighty Gunvolt Burst. Woo! I cannot believe you like that game more than Super Mario Odyssey. Well, th- there you have it. Number three, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Good man, good man. Uh, number two, Near Automata. Uh, that's a game I I wish, like if that were to come out the Switch, 100%. Um, I yep. just don't have the time for the, the PS4. Anyway, uh, number oh. one, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And uh, here he goes. Nah. I'd also like uh, to... I don't know. <laughs> I'd also like to give an honorable mention to Magikarp Jump. It is an uh, an indie game that other indie games no, should aspire to be idle. more like. <laughs> no, you're reading it wrong. It is the idle game that other idle games should aspire to be more like. Uh, I thought it was some sort of typo. My bad, my bad. Anyway. Oh, that's okay. At the Ryan DS Twitter handle. Thank you for writing in. He also chimes in with, I think, quite possibly don't have to read the this. most salient points nah, of this email. We don't have to read this last part. It says, says P.S. Team Pepsi for life. Now... I just want to say, this is now at least a few, uh, you may, may, what was it, maybe three listeners who have chimed in with uh, pro-Pepsi, and uh, I don't think we've gotten a single pro-Coke comment from anyone. You know why that is, though, right? Yeah. Do I have to explain this well, to you? Well, yeah, you can, you can make some sort of argument about have how ever heard- they, they got a beat on their chest because Pepsi's inferior, but all I know is, I don't see anyone but one big Jimmy Joe 
who likes Coke on this here podcast. And that's that. This Jimmy Joe. Now, yeah, but it's just like when people come and say they like Sonic. It's the same thing. Except we don't get any of it's those like, emails I don't have to sit either. There and go, I don't have to sit there and go, Mario's obviously better. I don't, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. You know, and that's how I feel with these poor Pepsi folks. You know what Sonic and... Uh, you know what Sonic and Coca-Cola have in common? <laughs> you were going to say Pepsi, and no. you had to stop yourself. They both yeah, you have zero emails from our listeners chiming in saying they're great. Food for oh thought. Goodness. Food for thought. Anyway, no. that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Uh, of course, you can find us over on Twitter at okay, Talk this Nintendo is a call Pod. Out for... That is Talk no, Nintendo P-O-D. Look, the thing is, <laughs> you need to put the call out for the Coke people to chime David in. David Lloyd said he liked Coke. Yeah, but he's David's Canadian. The man. <laughs> no, no, and and Danny Bivens. I just want to point it out. You're calling for a call to arms here to get the, the Coke people rally. But you know what? Just send the emails I, to talk Nintendo Podcast at NintendoWorldReport.com. Has anyone let's let's has anyone shilled for Pepsi Pro Pepsi comments on this podcast? No, because it's not needed. Oh my goodness, that's that was my whole point. Nope. No, no, because they've actually written in with Pepsi, like saying, "Oh, I need to let you know that Pepsi is like we need like." I need reassurance. But then how come you just called for reinsurance from your Coca-Cola fan? Because I want to shut because you up. Because you're a Jimmy, and you lost the argument. Oh, no. Case no, closed. There, there is no <laughs> there is no argument. <laughs> it's, On that it's, note, uh, Coke, Coke is better. We will Eddie see Bivens you agrees. next week, as always. And remember, keep drinking that Pepsi. No. Hey, you know what? I'm the editor of this podcast. I know, that's the bad thing. He's probably going to freaking change it up so it's like, remember to always drink Coca-Cola. Hey, thanks for giving me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm stopping because I already said goodbye. Talking real nerdy. You're a furred. Squifins. And remember, keep, keep drinking, drinking that Coca-Cola. Cola.